And uh, this will be about faith and uh, how that faith moves the hand of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm sure you're familiar with these passages of Scripture, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into rest, let us fear lest any of you should, any of you seem to have, seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as the mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible. In response to the disciples' question, why didn't it work? Directly answering, it was because of the level of your faith. The subject matter of faith can be all over the place. And it's not an easy subject, and we will not try to answer all those questions. We're just going to talk about it. And just because there's misguided and sometimes misunderstanding doesn't mean that we don't entertain it because it's in the book. We'll notice in this passage of Scripture, in Matthew chapter 17, that it is within the context of faith that we witness the only, how can I put it, the only exasperation of God. Think about it. The only time where God is going, oh, so that shows us the realm and the, the level of, you know, after he had been with them and had shown them and demonstrated, uh, you know, to them. He, there was definitely in their heart, in his heart, you know what I mean? A bewilderment. Their faith had not progressed as far as he felt that it should have progressed. And so he says, oh, faithless generation. Yes. How long 
Am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Then he said, bring him here to me. Yes. It would seem that lack of faith is one of the perversities that affects all of the rest of those things that fall under perversities. Yes. He expresses to them and they ask why couldn't we do it? Clear cut because of your faith. It wasn't so much a reproof that was intended to condemn them. It was an exhortation for them to press in. So frequently, our hearts get offended at truth laid to us when it is intended you know, to move us. Because the truth sets us free. Amen? Absolutely. In this case, their little faith resulted in ministry failure. But God doesn't want us to have a permanent label. Oh, ye of little faith. It doesn't have to be permanent. Faith can grow and faith can increase. And faith is, is a response of the human spirit to the word of God. Faith is bringing God into the picture. Faith is when he is the sole object of our faith. Yes. Faith is that inside illumination. When it reaches a level, it's not dimmed by any kind of Darkness. And so, like the disciples, when they discovered the level of their faith, they made a prayer Increase our faith. Amen? Increase our faith. Yes, faith is at the core, it is that deep rooted expectation of good things to come. Yes, it is. It is a confidence in the creator, God. Yes, it's a, a knowledge that we have. It's, 
It's information that God gives us that we are called to act upon. It is not shooting in the dark. No. It is to know something in advance. Faith. It says that Noah by faith prepared the ark. He had information of the will of God and what God wanted him to do and he responded accordingly. We don't have a lot of details of all of the journey but we can only surmise of the length of time (laughs) it took for Noah to fulfill the revelation. So we discover that faith does play a powerful role in answered prayer. You have faith this morning. To every man is given a measure of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it is faith that's linked to every great story. By faith. And faith has its foundation and its its basis in the creator God. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed and formed. When you miss creation, you miss the foundation of faith. That's why he said, would you consider the heavens and the work of my hands? How many think that work is probably bigger and greater and more extensive than what you need right now? (laughs) The comparative aspect of it. Faith. It says in that passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter 4 and 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering in. Any of you should come up short. God doesn't want you coming up short of your promise. He wants each of us to experience the promise and the fulfillment of it because every promise is tied to him but it says that the gospel was preached to them as well as to us and yet it had no profit Boy, why it wasn't mixed with 
faith. I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Is God gives an overview of his congregation. And paraphrasing, he said, every one of them had the same atmosphere of his presence. Every one of them experienced the miraculousness of his power. Every one of them shared in the same bread from the table of God. But with many of them, he was displeased. O ye of little faith. It exasperated God. After all this, after all this time, after all I've done, after all that you've seen me do, Prayer is a vital part of life. Prayer is that transaction, but you've probably heard the phrase, but faith is the currency. If you pull out of a dollar bill or a 10 or a 20 or even a coin, and it in itself is of no value. It's who stands behind it that gives it value. And so in that respect, faith is heaven's currency. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It is true that faith really does have purchasing power in the kingdom of God. It is faith that accesses the realm of God. Faith that is more than just your saving faith. But he talks about faith that can move mountains. Hallelujah. Why is faith so important? Because faith is, is, is the first, you know, thing of the virtues of God. It was Peter that wrote this in chapter 2, verse 15. Giving all diligence to add to your faith. He starts with faith. Because what you believe is the conviction you have. It's the assurance in your heart that you possess. And faith begins to reach into the character and draw in the quality of God in your life because there is that conviction and assurance. Of all those eight imperatives that Peter says, he says the first thing is faith has got to be present. Amen? Well, the good news is if you're a believer, 
Faith is present. We must reach forward. In this faith, I believe it has a connection to his character and involves relationship. Faith in who he is. Faith in the rich, perfect, you know, character of God. We'll notice that faith moves God to act. Where God is honoring faith in ordinary people. Mark chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. He had a level of faith, you know what I mean, in the Redeemer. In Matthew chapter 15, we see that Jesus notices the level of our faith. Why? Because faith has value in God's eyes. Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I'm not here suggesting this morning that every prayer that you pray, every desire that you have, you know what I mean, is fulfilled. But even in unfulfillment, faith still stands. Having not received the promise, they embraced them, having seen them or understood the illumination in their heart. Yes. And then in Matthew 14, the opposite end, as Peter is in this moment of miracle and tragedy walking on the water, and then he sinks, and Jesus catches him. See, even if your faith is not where it should be, he's not going to let you drown. Somebody give a heart of praise. Amen? He's not going to let you go under. No, because he's got an investment in your faith. He is the author and the finisher of your faith no he's not going to hold your head under no amen he's not even going to let you stay in the water and swim for it he's going to take your hand and get you in a boat until that your faith can become stronger oh yes what he said to Peter oh you of little faith why did you Doubt. Faith fuels what you do. Faith without works is dead. Yes, 
Someone has said, faith and works are each an oar in your rowboat of life. With one oar, you're just kind of going in a circle. But with works, you can move forward. There's so much that faith does. But it says that their faith was not mixed. Their faith was not mixed. Now they did it, it, the word was not digested. It was not mixed with the soil. No, oh, hallelujah. The word of faith, which is the word of God, needs the soil of your life to be the, to heart, uh, put in your heart or to, yeah. When you put a seed in the soil, it's the heart and the seed, right? Think about it. The word of God needs you. It needs the mixture of the soil and the word in order to germinate the potential and the power of that seed. Oh, yes. And it's that mixture that produces results. And, of course, we know from the story of the, the sower that the soil condition, oh, hallelujah, has everything to do with the results of the word. It's not the failure of the word. It's the condition of the soil. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Glory be to God. You shouldn't get down, you should get up. <laughs> It was, the, it was the prophet says we need to break up the, the fallow ground. You know, sometimes the word is just on the surface. It's not being ingested. You know what I mean? It's, it's like this. The word needs and is food, just like food is to your body. And as you process the word in your heart, it begins to release its energy and its power and its, you know, its light and its insight. And it begins to remove the diseases 
of the natural man, which is doubt and fear and unbelief. Oh, hallelujah. The word does not fail because of the way it's delivered. It fails because it's not admitted into the heart. Thank you, Jesus. The next thing is the word did not profit them because it was not mixed. The next element is your tongue is a mixer. Yes. The spies reported what they saw, felt, and heard rather than what God said. The evil report was only because it disagreed with what God said. My writing's not too good. That's why you see me halting. They spoke their fears and fear paralyzed them. And they began to live by it. It's, see, negative speech is not just something, you know, that you do once. It's something that's long, in your life long enough that you start living by it. But it says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Yes. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, The book of this law shall not depart out of your mouth. Now I know that there is a ditch on the side. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It doesn't profit if it isn't mixed. One way to mix it is to confess. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, what's the result? Saved. <laughs> you get saved. Yes. Is that mixing? There's that mixing. Yes. We confess that He is Lord. We confess that the Word is true. So much about faith. Let me get to where I want to be at this point because our time is 
would it surprise you? While there are many things that move the heart of God, your situation, maybe the sorrow, the need, and the pain, it moves the heart of God. But it's faith that moves mountains. God does not just automatically move to need. He moves that you have faith in him to meet the need. Hallelujah. Faith to meet, meet that need. A faith that moves you to believe the heavenly testimony. In our lives, there's a constant tug of war. That war of having faith and doubt. It just plagues our lives. That spiritual warfare regarding your faith. The word becomes more effective when we mix it. When we mix it with our soil. Words are part of the soil and conditions the soil. Amen. Faith moves the hand of God. It says faith, according to Ephesians chapter 6. It's like a missile defense system. It deflects and it also extinguishes. Whereby you may quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You just hold up that word of God. You speak the word of God. You know how we get the word of God in our lives and so many avenues of, of that, but... Increase our faith. It's possible for a missile to have landed. It's time to repair. Feed your faith. Build your faith.
Let's quickly bring us to a conclusion this morning, if we can. And there's just so much more about faith. But if I could just move the needle on our lives. Faith builders and faith busters. But you, beloved, Jude, build yourself up in the most holy faith. For in him, the Holy Ghost says you've really got to get the Holy Ghost involved in your life. You got to listen to divine influence, inspiration. I don't like the word entertain, but, but for a moment I'll use that. You know, he's saying you really need to entertain the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit really has a lot to do with the growth of your faith. He's God. You've got to read God's word because faith is really informed faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. As my musicians come this morning, faith. Faith busters. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about this morning. But sometimes we have to repair our faith. Your faith needs maintenance. Your faith is a living thing. It is about a living God. David asked his soul one day, why are you feeling like you do? He said, I know what I need to do. I'm going to start praising him. <laughs> when his soul got down and he began to apply maintenance to his faith, David stepped into the praise realm. He began to, you know, order the conversation of his mouth and he began to talk about God. Yes. You are the help of my countenance. You begin to magnify the Lord. And as you magnify the Lord, your faith will get magnified. Now, you have never been in the belly of a whale like Jonah. But 
it's possible to get swallowed up by doubt and fear. And sometimes we just need to cry from that which has us surrounded. I don't live on the mountaintop all the time. (laughs) And nor do you. But from that, Jonah said, from the belly of that whale, I cried unto the Lord. And he heard me. And he delivered me. So no, it's not designed to be a rebuke. It's designed to be a checklist. From no faith to little faith to great faith. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. When it says the resist the devil and he'll flee from you. He's probably not there with a tail and a pitchfork. He's probably arrived in such common, (laughs) everyday doubt, question. Are you sure? Come on. If God loves you, what do you do with that? Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou savorest not the things of God. Hallelujah. He doesn't like you to get in his face. But he'll play patty cakes with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Resisting. Your adversary, the devil, goes around as a roaring lion seeking to devour those whom he may. What is it that he is the first target of his devouring? Your faith. Peter, the devil has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for your faith. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why faith is so important. Amen. Yeah. 
It sets up, you know, a, a line of defense. You're not crossing that. This is God's territory. We got a song. We got to quit because, you know, I can keep going too long. And God says your faith is important. What a change and what a, what a difference faith in Peter did in just a moment's time. But what was the key? The Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. Here's my heart. I am God I blew it I missed it yes we got one hallelujah let me pray for our faith right now and you pray for mine okay father this morning this faith thing, God, is not just a commodity. It's, it's God himself. It's an insight. It's a visual. It's a conviction. It's a persuasion. It doesn't come from the things around us. It comes from him who is above us. And we pray this morning like the disciples when they discovered that their faith had caused an exasperation in the mighty God. Increase our faith, Lord. Increase it. We come to you who's the author and the finisher of our faith take us from little faith to great faith not just Lord so that we can get things but so that we can have a right perspective of the awesomeness and the character and the loving kindness of you In Jesus' name, amen. As I close this service this morning, I want to thank those people that are not just having faith for themselves, but they're having faith for others. Like those three men that let down that lame man through the roof. Now, your situation may not be identically the same, but you're out there caring for and letting people in and, you know, doing exercise in your faith beyond just your own self. You're in reaching in and investing it, you know, paving the way for, for others so that they can get 
to Jesus Christ and have faith in their, their lives. I commend you this morning, praise God, that your faith is reaching, you know, not just a personal faith of salvation, amen, but it's there moving mountains, not just for your life, but for others' lives. Not just to get the goods of heaven for you, but get the goods of heaven for others. Amen? Hallelujah. That's what it's about, church, this morning, is it's beyond our own personal borders of ourselves, but to the borders. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus came to get the faith of God into the life of people. That's why he came from heaven. And he took on the form of man. Sometimes you have to take on, as it were, and I say this carefully, a form in order to get the faith into the arena. Father, as we go today, we bless you. We bless this people. We bless their faith. We bless the work of their hands. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God because he is going with you.